Never Employed Podcast. What happened on your side since we last met? I think last time we met, it was, uh, so I launched AI and there was some sales, but this, like selling the app wasn't on the table yet, I think, right? I think not, not uh, officially when we talked about it. Uh, the yeah. the only thing you said is that um, it's quite a um, yeah like consumer product or a end uh, customer product, and that you want to go further in the shovel business. That's what I uh, what I remember. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, I mean uh, the sales were pretty consistent, and um, even like didn't took much of my time after I had my assistant handling the customer service. So the app was pretty much running on autopilot. And what happened is that uh, at some point I got sick. Uh, like I got like very bad food in, uh, food uh, poisoning. And even at the hospital, the sales were keep like still going, you know, so it's uh, it was nice. Uh, but the uh, thing is, uh, I, I couldn't improve the app further. So I didn't have the like tech cap like uh, ability to, you know, like really make the app as good as it could be. Yeah, there is that. Plus, uh, like, you know, s selling is like a, a nice, uh, like one time, like cash thing. So, uh, lots of things made me think, okay, maybe that's, uh, that would be good to sell. So I just, uh, listed it on acquire.com and I didn't expect it, you know, anyone to be interested. It was just like, okay, I will just post and see how it goes. I don't really expect anything, but whatever. And I, I think I listed it for 50,000 and, uh, I got a few offers and then, yeah, then I, <laughs> I sold it for uh, more than that. So I think 65,000, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much, uh, what happened since then. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, that, that's, that's only what, what happened to make logo AI, right. But, uh, there, there happened more, more things, but let's, let's stay there for, for a bit. What I understood is that. Um, at acquire.com, they value your product based on the past 12 months or so. So that mm -hmm. if you have a very young product, this might be a, a dis disadvantage for you. What was your experience with this? Yeah, I got um, a bit of a headache trying to figure that out. Um, so in my case, I only had three months worth of revenue. And even if it's like stable, it was still like only three months. Uh, on the other side, so I wanted to make, you know, like a good deal because I, I know I wanted to sell at this point. So I wanted to sell, you know, pretty quickly. So I wanted to make like a deal that was really good for the buyer. Um, so I only took the current revenue and I did the 2.5 multipli multiplication. So it was like uh, between like 20 or 25,000 of revenue. So I just multiply that by my 2.5 and like, or two. Yeah, I think, no, I think it was, yeah, 20,000 of revenue and multiply by 2.5. And that's how I got the 50,000 number. So for an app that's three months old, it was, you know, it was still a decent price, but on the other side, the revenue were very consistent and it was purely organic. So it wasn't doing advertising. There were no customer acquisition costs. So. Overall, it was a very good deal for the buyer, I think, um, because the new buyer has a technical, you know, capability to improve the app. So, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, I think if the app, like if you're trying to sell an app that doesn't have like proven track 
record of revenue. And very important that you don't have um, monthly recurring revenue. So it's like a one-shot purchase. Then just multiply the revenue by, I don't know, 2.5, 3, 4, depending on how fast you want the app to sell. Um, but either is monthly recurring revenue, it's a different story because it's way more valuable uh, if people, you know, keep coming back and buying and stuff. So in my case, it was really like purely one-shot purchase. Like there, there were a few people buying multiple times, but it was not a majority at all. Of course, as everything, it really depends. But uh, I think for like, if there was some kind of recurring revenue or something, I would have tried to you see like a bit like, okay, that, that the monthly recurring revenue, I know the churn rate is on this price. So an estimation for maybe six months, nine months or something like that. So I would definitely have asked for more. But yeah, in this specific case, it was just one shot, one shot purchase, so it was pretty easy to to define. And then, why did you actually sell it? I mean, uh, obviously, you 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 said you wanted to uh, eventually work on other businesses, but did you already have your new businesses back then? So I started working on uh, my new app. So new app is Galbi, a customer service app. Um, because I needed it for AI, So I started working on it, but around the same time I started the sales process. Uh, so it wasn't because of that, but uh, then I knew I, I was going to sell, like the buyer already agreed and everything. So I was like, okay, I guess I can start working, like thinking of something else. Yeah, that's how I got started with a, a new app, but it wasn't like for this reason that uh, I sold. You said that you actually didn't use a lot of advertising uh, or that, that, that advertising didn't uh, play a crucial role. But I know last time we also talked about the fact that you originally come from advertising. Yeah. What do you think? How how did this help you? Uh, yeah, looking back to make logo AI and uh, currently on, on what you're working. thing with advertising is that you get a new dimension to your um, product, app, or whatever, is that you have the customer acquisition cost. If you run on like big platforms like Facebook or other, like any platform really, um, it's very hard to do anything under 20 bucks per purchase. Like it's really, really hard. So you need to get at least 20 bucks of profit per customer to be able to use those. On the long run, it can <clears throat> become lower than that, but it's uh yeah there there are some cases where it doesn't make sense so if you have like recurring revenue and you know that a user for example in one year would bring you i don't know if we take like a 10 dollar per month subscription so in one year a user is going to generate uh 120 dollars uh, so okay you can spend uh 20 to acquire a new customer because you know you will get your money back but in this case it's one shot purchase so i think the maximum price was like uh, 20 bucks or something so it really didn't make sense to to run ads because I knew in advance that it wouldn't work. I still give it a try. I tried with uh, Google Ads, I think. Uh, I got banned instantly because uh, that's how Google Ads work now. Um, so you need to appeal and stuff like that. And I tried, I think, a few like a few independent medias, uh, you know, just sponsor them and stuff. I think it got some sales, but I didn't have proper tracking in place. So it was a bit hard to, you know, really know, oh, that's generated that much. So yeah, even if I come from an advertising background, I would say it could, it cannot work for every product. Uh, you need to get this like margin to be able to afford the customer acquisition cost. But if you can do that, you can scale like, really fast and really hard. So it's a very good thing. But 
uh, it's hard to get. So uh, you need, I, I say 20 bucks, that's a very minimum. So I would count more between 20 or 50. But if you can afford it, Adar is a really good channel for that. 20 to 50 bucks per sale or per conversion. Yeah, which is basically the same, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, so you can try to get like free trial signups and obviously it's going to be cheaper. Uh, if you ha especially if you have like a free version on the app and then you have like email marketing and all those like retargeting and stuff. But um, overall, was, from my experience at least, and I know it, far, it changed from people to people, but I would say it's very, very hard to get like a purchase uh, under 20 bucks. Yeah, I actually thought that your advertising background was your super, super advantage compared to many other people, many other indie hackers. And I thought that this helped you a lot to, to kickstart this whole thing because from, I think it was on a indie hackers podcast episode where someone uh, said that actually having advertising in the beginning of launching a product makes super much sense because in the beginning no one knows you so the best way you get reach is to pay for it actually what do you think about this yeah i so i think lots of people are like oh no just don't try advertising at the beginning you want to waste money but i i don't agree with that um like literally if you look at the e-commerce space uh there is no such thing as, like i mean there is some um, brands that organic and stuff but most of the big brands start with ads. Uh, that's just the main the main way of going to market. So um, I actually for Galbi right now. So I launched ads uh, this morning and they just got approved uh, right before the call. No, I think it's a good way, but you can. It's very hard to ask for purchase directly if you don't have social proof or if you don't know exactly your audience and stuff like that. So I wouldn't go for like a oh buy my app angle, but more like a, you know try it for free. Like get a like a free trial uh, without credit or debit card because at the beginning you will need volume for two reasons. So first, to talk to your users because like, unlike organic where people you know they come from Twitter they know you they can send a DM or stuff like that. Um, with ads, people will not very like will not be, be very like talkative. Like they won't talk to you. They won't message you on Twitter or stuff. So. You will have to talk to them, but it's a good way to get feedback, but you need to get a proper automation in place, basically. So you need like email marketing, sending them a manual email is, uh, you can do it and it's better if you can do it that way, but it's very time consuming because, so you're trying to get so this like, you know, nice volume of free trial users or free users or whatever. So first you get the data, you get some feedback about the app, what you can improve and some social proof. And then, you know, you can start making maybe like a user pay directly or some, something like that. But at the beginning, it is going to be very hard to get first users uh, without, you know, if you don't have like a, a an appealing offer. So maybe, okay, maybe with a lifetime, like a lifetime uh, offer or, you know, stuff like that. Now, just quick disclaimer, my knowledge about like that specifically for software is a bit limited because I did that a lot for e-commerce. But uh, for software, technically, I'm just starting. So this is just my observation based on what happened in e-commerce and what I saw in uh, software. But um, maybe some other people have a different experience where they go straight to purchase and it worked for them. And, well, that's good, but uh, that seems unlikely, at least based on uh, what I know. I hope that answers the question. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a that's a good point. You touched on talking with customers, getting feedback is super important. Did you do this? Did you do it manually? How how did you get feedback? So for Make Logo AI, since I started organic, um, the main advantage is that, I, so at the very 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 beginning, I was sending an email. I didn't have like a backend, so I didn't have automation. So people would pay on um, it was a type form and. Uh, I would get a notification, hey, this person paid for this, uh, like this package, and here is the information. So I would manually input the info in the in the AI model and generate a logo myself with the AI. But the thing is, I then I would send them an email. I, I would ask them, oh, um, do you like it? You know, like what would you change and stuff like that. I got like some feedback, oh, I like this style and you know stuff like that. So okay, based on what I got from the first users, and this is also a big advantage of doing things that don't scale at the beginning, like talking manually to users so that you can get really good feedback like directly from them. So based on that, I was able to make like the first automated version. version. Um, and then I, I sent like a few emails, like surveys, you know, asking them like, oh, uh, what, do you, what don't you like on the app? What would you change and stuff like that? So I'm mainly interested in the negative feedback. Uh, of course, the positive positive one is also useful to know like what people enjoy, but the negative one will tell you, oh, uh, I'm not satisfied by the service because of that. So it gives you like um path of improvement. So that's how I was um, doing it for MakeLogo.ai and for uh, Galbi, the new app, customer service. Um, I have like a live chat and I think I contacted like directly the users whenever I got like a uh, the first um, subscriptions, I directly contacted them. Hey, can, how can I help you? This is really like a quick guide to get started and everything. And I'm, I try to keep in touch with the customer. So because I know if I don't do that, like they won't use the app or they won't understand or and they will churn. So based on some feedback I received, I greatly improved the app. Yeah, so I will uh, I will try to keep doing that because I think it's a good tool um, to make something like to reach this stage of, okay, the product is good enough to be advertised alone, like asking people directly to purchase or some something like that. That's a super, super valuable insight from my point of view, because that's what you simply don't see if you see a landing page or a product page or whatever, um, where you think, okay, there's a product and you can actually buy it and you, you just don't know about the um, systems behind it. And that's what I simply di didn't know uh, about uh, makelogo.ai for example um i i didn't know that you did it manually maybe you talked about it then i forgot it but yeah i think that that may be also super valuable for other people who just don't have the technical skills yet to uh, build something that's completely automated and it also shows that it is absolutely not necessary that you uh, yeah really just need a way to sell and anything else you, you can handle yourself. Yeah, definitely. And pe I mean, people really don't care. Uh, as long as they get the logo, they're happy about it. So I think the only thing is that you have to be clear to mention like, okay, there is after the payment, uh, you will get your logo within like, I said, like uh, 24 hours. So I was very clear about that. I didn't mention, I, w I, I think I actually did mention like, uh, I'm going to send you an email or something, but uh, most people didn't treat. Uh, I just was very clear with the 24 hours period and that's it. And then I make the logos and them an email and oh, thanks. Amazing. 
and that's it. They, uh, they most of them probably don't know, and they didn't really care as long as they got the value, like what they paid for. That's all that matters to them. Yeah, and in terms of feedback, it's probably even way, way, way more valuable if you are in touch with your customers on a direct communication basis, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. So then more about uh, Gelby and the, the transition, how, how you got there, how, how you got the idea where you are there at the moment. Yeah, I got the idea because I wanted to uh, make my assistant more efficient um, when she was answering questions because she sometimes didn't know like, oh, should I reply that or that? So that was the main uh, thing. I actually, at first it wasn't like a public app, but uh, then I got a few people on Twitter asking me, oh, I'm that could be a nice app or something. So I just uh, I just released it. It didn't work as much as I wanted, honestly. I expected a bit more uh, interest. So I got, I got like a few uh, subscriptions directly, but not enough to really validate the ID. And that, so that's what I'm trying to do now. So or for me, like with this app, organic Twitter didn't work that much, unlike makelogo.ai. So I'm trying different channels. So that's, why, yeah, that's why I'm trying ads on Facebook, maybe on TikTok or other. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got started with that. And that's where I am uh, right now with, with Galbi. And I kind of lost the thought of the of the original question. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, the, this also means that you actually just solve your own problem, which you had in your last business, which is, uh, yeah, a cool cool thing, I guess, to, to work on. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... Prob probably also shows that w once you start a business, you get problems that you actually want to solve, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like, and that's why I would always recommend, you know, like get started with something, ship an app or whatever, because you will get problems. You will always get problems when you make an app or something. And those problems is like ideas. Okay, maybe this took you lots of time, so maybe you can automate it and do it faster or so, something like that. So yeah, for me, making an app is a great way to get like ideas of, oh, uh, maybe I can do like a customer service app or emailing app or whatever like you you always find new problems when you have your own uh, company or app in general talking about um automation and and your assistant again like at, at which point did you hire an assistant uh, at which point did you have enough revenue or what what was the decision process behind this i knew early that the first thing i wanted to delegate is uh customer service uh, because based on my, my experience with e-commerce i know i hate doing customer service so it's good it's useful for feedback but most people when they send you a message they will be like hey it doesn't work refund me or they will be very rude especially when you do like well this one was hard b2b b2c but yeah it's been like with chat and stuff like chat I mean, on live chat people are really rude by email it's a bit better but yeah, so I didn't want to deal with that uh, because in the morning I was waking up, seeing all those messages, replying, and my day would be fucked, really. I, I couldn't do anything because it's negativity, it break my focus. So there were some days I could not do anything. So I'm like, okay, that's enough. I'm just going to hire someone <clears throat> to handle that for me. And thanks to that, I was able to, you know, focus way more, not have like distractions or like negativity when you start the day. So. Because people rarely <clears throat> send customer service message when they're happy about the product. It's always about like, hey, it doesn't work, fuck you, or, you know, stuff like that. So it's <clears throat> not the best way to uh, start a day, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I try sometimes when I really like something, some features, some experience with the product to, to send positive feedback. 
but even it, it's not even that easy many times uh, yeah i'm just thinking about man, maybe it would be cool to to have something to to make this easier to also uh yeah like encourage people more to to give positive feedback but as mm. you said on on the uh, in in the end uh, like negative feedback is actually what what you want to improve your service or your product right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it's important to have like a i would say like a, a, a way to collect this feedback so in my case i had like a, a little widget that i added and <clears throat> after like the logo was done they can rate it with emojis and if it was like bad i would ask them oh what happened basically to get like uh, some ideas to to improve yeah that's cool that that's actually a really really cool uh, cool system and i think that that's also one of these tiny parts in yeah like building such a business same as yeah having an mvp and uh, a front end that actually sells or th th that that collects money and then doing the stuff on the back end manually yes cool I, I i like these approaches actually what i'm interested in is actually also how did this whole thing affect your life since you started to build your own apps and do this quite successfully i guess you were quite busy or yeah how, how did your life change over the past month so in the past one, you mean since I sold the app or since I, like after I started like uh, shipping my first apps? Yeah, both actually. Uh, I, I guess that at both stages, something changed. When I really got started, I think it was like my first micro app, like just for myself within August, I think. So I still had my uh, freelancing activity in advertising. So it was like, you know, I was just trying stuff, figuring things out. But in September, I, um, I I didn't have the revenue anymore from freelancing because my client stopped and I only had one client. So because I knew it was going to happen. That's why I learned to code. Like I started to get a bit stressed because I didn't have, like I had like a, some reserves so I can live maybe two years in Bali or something. But not having revenue was something really, really stressful. I was just working nonstop. I was like, okay, I'm just going to figure the whole like software things out. How can I make you know, like a, an app that people will want to, to pay for it. So I, I don't know, I just shipped up a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, I don't remember the thing, but I think I, in October or November or something, or yeah, I think it was November. I did like four apps in a month. Yeah, it, it was stressful. It was stressful, but without that, I, I don't think I could have made uh, make logo.ai and progress that fast. So Sometimes, you know, stress is good. Everyone say, oh, you should avoid stress and be relaxed and stuff. But no, uh, sometimes it's also good to get a little, like, you know, under pressure so you can work faster, more efficiently. Like your brain is in survival mode. You know, you you avoid all the bullshit excuse. You just work and you work and you work until you get something rolling when you really need it. I mean, when you really need it. Because the thing is now I have a few years of saving in front be like on my accounts because of the same. So... Now I have way more trouble focusing and that's something actually a bit bothering me that uh, I'm more, uh, you know, relaxing and I don't like that. I, I like yeah, being like in the in the zone, you know, like really focusing hardcore. But yeah, I would say that's the main difference is that now, okay, I have a little bit of safety. Yeah, I mean, other than that, my routine didn't change much. I still wake up with the gym, uh, then work. And <laughs> yeah, I just maybe finish a bit, early, a bit more earlier, but that's it. That's the main thing. So your main thing for the past months was actually working like every day, seven days a week, not taking off 
So after the sale, I, I took some time off. Now I'm back to the rhythm. But yeah, after the sale, I was like way less routine because then, uh, so I, I also got sick. So I stopped the gym for a while. So I, I got into a bad routine, uh, like lazy routine. You know, I woke up at like eight or nine, uh, which is really late. Normally I wake up at like 5.30. So for me, it's eight is really late. And, you know, not doing much, sometimes playing video games. And I was like, okay, it's fine. I, I got the sale. Uh, I'm just going to go slowly. I think that's the best way to destroy the success you had because you can very quickly get in a like a slip, slippery slope where you'll get a routine of not working out, not working that much. Like, oh, it's fine. I have like five years of saving. You know, next thing you realize, oh, inflation. No, I only have like two years of saving and you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think I needed to take some time like slowly because uh, I've really worked like a lot during those like uh, months before but uh okay it's not a reason to like uh, stop working totally yeah interesting to see this from from this perspective also i actually wonder when you talk about uh, having savings for for some time and uh, working to to uh, build savings what's actually your main goal or your end goal or your motivation that that keeps you working in terms of number, I want to reach like 5 million because um, I think if you take like 2 or 3% of, uh, like if you put, you know, in stocks or real estate or whatever, and you get like a 2 or 3% of uh, interest on those 5 millions, I think it's around 10,000 per month of like passive income, basically. So I think that's a good number. You can do, you can live well in most countries in the world with that. So yeah, I, I think that's a good. That's a good target. So this is my target. I want to reach 5 million in assets, bank or whatever, in net worth, I would say. Yeah, that way I can just uh, have more freedom. And after that, I think, I think I would love to make like a video game studio. Uh, that's something uh, I always wanted to do. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would, uh, I think I would do that, but I haven't really thought about the after. For now, I'm just focusing on, okay, I need to reach this 5 million number and then I will see after. And it doesn't play such a big role for you how you get there. Your main thing is that you actually want to get to the number, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because uh, I don't really care about logos. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not good in design. I never designed logo. Like it was fun because I think a few days ago on the, on Twitter, so someone like asked me, "Hey, uh, how long have you been designing logos?" I never designed a logo of my life. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh, you don't have to like the business because lots of people are like oh you should follow your passion uh, you should do what you like i don't agree with that um i think when you get a business that's making you a lot of money you you will get passionate about it i i don't believe in follow your passion or stuff like because otherwise everyone would be like a painter or something and i mean honestly not much people make a living of of painting or i don't know draw drawing or you know stuff like that so i'm against this idea of you should follow your passion, but, um, I mean, if you can, if you can, then okay, good for you. If you can make you good money, but, uh, don't count on that. Like don't expect it to make you money basically. I guess I asked this the last time, but since we met already, it's still uh, 2023. So what, what are your plans for the rest of the year? Well, the thing, I don't really have like a, a fixed plan because things goes very fast, especially with, you know, AI and stuff. I'm going to keep releasing new apps. And that's the main plan. Uh, so my my technique is just 
throw spaghetti in the wall and hopefully some will stick. That's <laughs> as dumb as it is. Yeah, I feel that's the best way of making it work for me. So yeah, I will just keep releasing up and that's the main plan, basically. So unless, until I get something that works, after that I cut, I, I don't make more apps, I focus everything on it. Uh, but ideally I would like an app that can scale with ads because uh, I, I have a big leverage. So if I can scale with ads, like if I can get new customer, you know, on demand, then I think I can make something really great, hire people to handle the code part and so I can focus on the marketing. That the, I wouldn't say the goal because I might not reach that. So that the, I would say is that the direction, but uh, the goal, like the goal is just keep shipping apps until something works. Is there at the moment something where people may help you on the way? Right now I have two uh, projects. So I have uh, Galbi, the customer service uh, AI. So it's uh, for like business owners who got repetitive questions, uh, Galbi basically help answer faster. And the other one is open for ads. So I don't know if I had, had it back then, um, but it's a platform for uh, media to find uh, advertisers and for advertisers to find independent medias um, because like big platforms um, are a bit annoying. So they will ban you, uh, it's very expensive. So um, independent media is a good opportunity to be like, a, to have like a very specific audience that is way more engaged compared to big platforms. So, so yeah, those are the two main things I'm working on right now. And then thanks for taking the time. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me again.